Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. <laughs> and uh, I know it's still December, but what I mean, of course, by that is happy uh, new church calendar year, which to me is a lot more exciting than our calendar new year. And the reason for that is the church calendar is the means by which we tell the story of Jesus. And our new year begins with Advent, which is the Latin word for coming. And it uh, it's the four Sundays, begins the four Sundays before Christmas. And on the first Sunday, which is already passed this year, we lit the candle of hope on the Advent wreath. And I am, for that reason, reason wanting to call uh, today's message, Dressing for Hope in the Darkness. Dressing for Hope in the Darkness. Have you ever tried to get dressed in the dark? Maybe you had a roommate or a spouse or sibling that uh, you didn't want to wake up. So you were trying to get dressed. The sun hadn't risen up yet. And only to find out later that you'd put the wrong shirt on or it was inside out or backwards. And uh, in today's reading uh, that we are basing this on from Romans chapter 13, Paul talks about getting dressed. And he actually is inferring this idea of getting dressed while it is still dark. And this telling phrase from Romans chapter 13, verse 12, he says this, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Can you just feel that sense of in-betweenness in the, in the language? It's, it's almost day. But it still looks like nighttime. Uh, he doesn't say the day is nearly over. The night's almost here. No, uh, the, the night is almost over. And that distinction, my friends, changes everything, including what kind of clothes you put on. So what do we call the time of day when night is almost over and the day is almost here? Well, the common word we use in our vernacular, is twilight. Oh, no, I'm not talking about the television series, the book series. This I'm talking about an in-between time, between day and night, where we could say it's it's already, but not yet. Have you heard that phrase before? Already, but not yet. Does twilight occur in the morning or in the evening? Well, that's the trick question, because it's actually both. As you see in this image, it happens both when the sun is going down at night and when the sun is coming up in the morning. And we often call the nighttime dusk in the morning dawn, but both are twilight. And it takes discernment to know which is which. Are we in dawn or are we in dusk? How do you know? Now, this may seem quite straightforward, but if you're disoriented as to what time it is, it can be hard to tell. For example, I remember being very sick and sleeping for three straight days on medication. It was the middle of winter. And when often when I got up to the to go to the bathroom, I could not tell whether it was morning or night. And of course, this kind of disorientation can happen for various reasons. It might happen because of jet lag. In those times, we must discern, do I put on my pajamas for bed? Or do I put on 
my clothes for work or for school, although I observe nowadays that you can wear your pajamas to school. <laughs> Not sure if it's allowed at work yet. But how do we know what time it is? How do we know if it's dawn or dusk? How do we know which twilight we're in? Well, we need a clock, don't we? Or a watch or an hourglass, some time-telling device. In the ancient times, it was the angle of the sun or the stars. And Advent is like a clock. It's like a, a timepiece for us. Advent reminds us of which twilight we're in, this darkness that we're in. It's not dusk. It's not the end of the day with night approaching, but dawn. And this changes everything. This gives hope. Now, as I said, Advent is the Latin word for coming. And specifically, we're talking about God's coming to us. And we look at Advent in three ways. We look at that coming. We look back to the coming of God in Christ when Jesus was born that we celebrate in a few weeks at Christmas. God came to us, and we look back and we reflect on that. But we also look ahead to Christ's second coming, his return promised, and the hope as we read in another Advent reading on this day from Isaiah chapter 2, that our swords will be turned into plowshares. And... As the Old Testament reading tells us, all the resources, the money, the energy that we are currently investing in military arsenal will be invested into farming instruments so that there is food for all the nations of the world. The Stockholm International Peace Research Institute think tank estimates that if every nation on earth just gave 10% of their annual military budget, or, or even 1% for the next 10 years, there would be enough resource to end global poverty and hunger within 15 years. It would be enough to house, feed, clothe, and provide the necessary education for every person on earth. Well, does that stir you up? Does that stir up hope, longing for Christ to come? Well, perhaps most significantly of all, we watch for the third way that Christ comes to us. He's coming to us now. He came to us. He is coming. But he's coming to us today, now, continually, every day, right here. And that's probably the most significant purpose of Advent, is to open our eyes and to wake us up to how Christ is coming to us today. Now, the modern Advent wreath, where we wrote, uh, we lit the, the candle of hope, and this coming week is the candle of peace, as we know, it was invented by a German Protestant pastor named Johann Vikern who was a pioneer in urban mission work amongst the poor in the city of Hamburg. And he founded a school for kids that didn't have access to it. And during Advent, the children would be asking daily with regards to Christmas, kind of the proverbial question, are we there yet? So he wanted to teach them to wait. He wanted to 
uh, teach them that Advent is counterintuitive. In a culture that does not know how to wait, Advent teaches us to resist hurry. So the Advent wreath is actually a means of helping us, a tool to help us and all generations together resist the urge to be in a rush to hurry. So he built this large wooden ring, as you see, made from an old cartwheel with uh, 20 small red and four large white candles. And a small candle was lit successively every day, every weekday and Saturday during Advent. And on Sundays, they would light a large white candle. And this custom gained traction amongst Protestant and Catholic churches in Europe and or came over to North America early in the 20th century and evolved into this smaller wreath with four or five candles as we see today. So how does this all relate to the darkness and being dressed in the darkness? Well, let me be frank with you. We are all going to die. <laughs> you, know, you know, have a good day. Uh, but uh, other than the, with the exception of, of one generation that Paul alludes to, that will be alive at the coming of Christ's return, we are all going to die. I was reminded of this on a morning walk last week after one of those big blowdowns we had where just the wind comes and just uh, knocks all the, the leaves off the trees. And the next morning, the sidewalks were just uh, caked with leaves and the sweet smell of death was everywhere. And I, I mean sweet. It was a sweet smell. But the leaves had fallen during the night. And, and it just seemed to remind me of this eventuality of death. And if you don't die first, if you're not the one that dies, you will experience many, many deaths, don't we? And before our death, you know, we, we lose a pet, a loved one dies, a parent, a brother or sister, a spouse, even children die as we've experienced that heartbreak in our own church family. Other kinds of deaths occur. A season will end. Someone leaves the church. A friend will move away. A child will move out from home. A sickness, dementia, you name it. I observed that my own mom, who will soon be 90, has lost so many friends and colleagues. And only three years ago, she lost her best friend and life partner, my father. Yes, you and I will eventually lose everything, including your own health, our own breath, our own heartbeat. And the Bible calls this reality the reign of death or darkness or nighttime. That is the metaphor that scripture refers to the reign of death. But in the middle of this night, when it seemed like it could get no darker, this is the message of Advent. There was a gleam of light. There was twilight. A teenaged girl received an announcement that she would conceive and bear a child and his name would be called Emmanuel, God with us. And like us, he was born of a woman. He grew up in a world of darkness and death and suffering and he suffered. Like us, he suffered. Like us, he died, although there were some exceptions. He prayed for forgiveness for his enemies as he was taking his last 
breaths. And unlike us, he rose from the dead three days later, not just metaphorically, not just spiritually, not just physically, but Jesus rose bodily, literally, physically from the dead three days later. And he still has that same body today, a physical body. Love conquered hate. Mercy conquered judgment. Forgiveness conquered revenge. Twilight came. Dawn came to the human race, a gleam of light. And because he rose, we will also rise. It's not dusk, it's dawn. And there is coming a day that scripture tells us that death will die. So we can put on clothes that prepare us for this dawn. The good news is the long night of death is nearly over. The new day of resurrection is almost here. And that changes everything. And friend, when you believe that, it changes everything for you. It changes what kind of clothes you will put on every day and how you will dress. You will dress for hope and not for despair. As Paul wrote from this passage in Romans uh, 13, verse 11, and do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put up off the deeds of darkness, put off the, the darkness clothes and put on the light clothes, the daytime clothes. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness or sexual immorality or debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. So instead of putting on the clothes for nighttime, that is clothing that numbs us and medicates us in our despair, our boredom, our emptiness, clothing such as drunkenness, medicating sexual immorality, living solely in a virtual world of fantasy, living in continual dissension, as we see in our current culture wars and echo chambers. No, we put on clothes born out of hope. That morning is almost here. We clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus, immersing ourselves in him, dressing for hope in the darkness of twilight. And that means putting on clothes of gratitude, patience, compassion, kindness, making it our lifelong goal to love well and to love better, finishing well. So wake up, wake up, wake up. It's not dusk, it's dawn. The day is almost here. And as Paul wrote just a few chapters later in Romans, dear friends, may the God of hope fill you with hope so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May God richly bless you as you immerse yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ 
and dress yourself for hope while we're still in the twilight of dark.